Yo, long hairs. Welcome to another episode of Let It Ride. Here we talk long hair and business, advocate for hair equality, and celebrate men's long manes with hair whips and high fives. If you're a guy with long hair, you're in the right place. I'm El Garvinsky, media producer for the long hairs and the host for today's episode. Now, we have a guy who has lived a life that's as diverse as it is interesting. He's worked in advertising, television, and radio. He started his own record label, sold programming on TV, and now he's ridden a motorcycle around the island of Kauai. But what he really loves is putting words together. He's been putting thoughts and ideas together in his mind for years, and now he's sharing them with the world on his epic blog and podcast, Mind and the Motorcycle. Introducing the Zen Buddhist, the honorary Howley, the motorcycle rider, Larry Feinstein. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Larry. <laughs> That's great. Uh, like thank that, you very huh? much. Uh, <laughs> it's thank you. I'm going to say thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be me. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you be you right here on the show. We have a lot to go through. I mean, you've lived life since the '60s. You've seen it. I would say you've seen it all. Well, it's it's really interesting to uh, be older. Um, something I never imagined I'd be, and you never do when you're younger. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I enjoy it, and I really try and explain it uh, to people far younger than myself, just to, to try and find common language. Uh, so um, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. I, um, I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy words. And... Uh, I'm a Gemini, and supposedly we talk to ourselves, uh, and we're, we're writers, I, you know, anyway. What was it like working in advertising in the 60s? Because you imagine now, it's way laid back. But back in the day, you know, we're talking about Mad Men days, and um, I don't even call you one of the original Mad Men. Well, no, today I am, but not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mad Men. Um, back when, I, when I started, I got out of college in, in 66, and um, and got into the the kind of the advertising world in like sixty seven sixty eight, and unless I'm mistaken, Mad Men was a, a number of years before that, like earlier sixties, um, right? Definitely, um, but a lot of similarities, uh, and um, uh, it, it was just very interesting. I you know walked on Madison Avenue, you know wore a suit, carried an attaché case, um, all of that stuff, uh, and. Um, you know what? What's so interesting to today when you look at b- back then that time and how you conducted business, it was like no technology, no, like nothing. Uh, you, uh, the biggest thing, by the way, um, when I left New York in like uh, eighty six, eighty seven, the fax machine. Mm. I swear to God, the fax machine. Man, you mean you can send like a photograph? Through the telephone, was mind blowing. Okay, computers uh, were these desktop things that were on the girls' desks, and and back then, that you could, it that was it. Um, if I were really famous, this clip would get picked up, and I would get dropped by all of my sponsors for calling women girls. Anyway, so it it was a very interesting time. Um, and um, you conducted business very much, you know, face to face. 
uh, you had meetings. And in New York, if you were like five minutes late for a meeting, the meeting it was over. <laughs> anyway, it was a it was a, a very interesting um, time in you know in my life, and uh, and hair was always there, um, um, and <laughs> and it still is. But but it, but it's really because obviously I was thinking about um, you know our our meeting and our conversation, and you know obviously it's. Um, it has to have something to do with hair. And, and if you, my chronology goes through the hair days. So, you know, in, uh, so in like in, in the mid sixties, it was starting. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, I was actually a little bit too old for the sixties. Mm. If you could, if you could believe, cause the sixties really hit hard in like 68. Mm. Uh, I was already out of school working at, at NBC doing my attache case and all of that. Um, and it really saddened me because I knew I was, I knew it was going on with my younger brothers and sisters. Um, and hair was a thing. Yeah. And when I worked generally with the suit and tie, your hair really wasn't supposed to be kind of like over your collar. <laughs> so it was Man, dude. You know, coming from the mecca of storytelling, advertising, and, and marketing, you know, I think that really set the tone for the rest of your life. And uh, with you mentioning the hair, that actually led me to my next question was, you know, how did you manage to balance that love of long hair within the corporate world? Um, it, well, quite honestly, for a while, it really wasn't much of a balancing act. You couldn't do it. Um, yeah. And then... Um, Things started to ease up a little bit, um, and you know the hair could my hair, and you know it was like oh, okay, over the collar was okay. Yeah, you could like wear a sport jacket. I'm not kidding, not like a suit. You could wear a sport jacket, and then on Fridays, holy shit! I think you told me I could say shit. Um, you you got off. Not only did you get off early, but you could wear like a t-shirt and jeans. The suit world went crazy when, when that happened, and it's still a big deal. Anyhow, I, I, I had to get into the Army Reserve, right, because it was right around Vietnam and all of that stuff. And what happened after a couple of years, I, I would go to meetings. Um, I was letting my hair grow because it was getting to be cool now in the, in the work world, but yes. not as military. This is great, man. So what I ended up doing with a bunch of other guys you know, my hair was kind of long. We, I got a wig. So I got a short hair wig. Um, it kind of looked like one of the Three Stooges by the time I was done cutting it, right? And you can actually, you could see on top where the, you know, all the, the fake hair came together, a little thing. And I would shave the back of my neck, put my hair up, and put the wig on. Wow, you always hear the opposite. But, man, that reverse... <laughs> ingenuity was great at the time yeah what a great way to move yeah so um and then i real honestly my hair was always a uh, the length of my hair was always a, a measure of the degree of independence i felt um in the work world uh, yep. and um i got out of the kind of the traditional but i was a little bit more on the fringe of of the media world hair started getting longer and um uh, yeah, and then I got pictures throughout my life of uh, that I went, moved to New Mexico, and that's when the hair went long. I was wearing boots. I was a cowboy. 
had a truck. Anyway, uh, endless. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into that. I mean, moving to Santa Fe, you know, talk more, tell us more about it, you know, to be able to finally live the life you wanted, you know, stepping away from that fast paced, you know, traffic moving sales all day uh, and you come to New Mexico, the Southwest. And it's just, the pacing's different. People are a little more laid back. You know, what was that like? Well, it, um, it was a, it was a huge change. Um, it was in 19, 19- and um, I had been all around the, the country, uh, but uh, pretty much I'd lived in New York for over 40 years and um, uh, yeah. had a girlfriend at the a beautiful woman. Uh, I'm, and this is a Santa Fe story. Um, and she was an actress and she got a job um, in, in New Mexico with a repertory theater. So I had to go visit. Mm. I'd never been. So I you know, went to see her and... Um, uh, I, it was Albuquerque. I don't. I call, always call it Albuquerque an accident in the desert. It's not a cool. It's it's <laughs> wonderful. Not, forget it. And as soon as I got to yeah. Santa Fe, where the play also moved to, I got out of the car with her, and all of a sudden, man, I felt like I was like Fred Astaire. I was like, I was gliding. Uh, I was I I was a part of the rhythm of the place. It was really instant, um, and it stuck with me. Um, and a couple of years after that experience, um, I went back out there, bought a house, um, and precipitously moved, uh, drove cross country. It was, um, and determined never to have a conventional job again. Um, and I did, I, I did pretty well at that. You, you have a book out and it's called, uh, Halloween in Portland, Diary <laughs> of a Mind. I mean, what inspired you to write that book, you know? Was it your travels or? Oh, well, oh, yeah, oh, the, oh the, the, this is what doing. I got to tell you this. It was right before Drop we went it. on. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you, get, you have to get into the mood because it is a performance of yeah. some kind. And I'm thinking, you know, wouldn't it really be cool if you and I were both extremely famous? Okay. Um, and we were doing kind of an interview. Um, and to me... It would involve the same degree of performance that um, at, at this point. You know what I mean? It, it would never matter to me mm-hmm. if it was a million people mm-hmm. or three people. Um, the fact that we're doing this for other people means they deserve to have 100%. Right? Absolutely. And this is what we're talking about with heart. We got to do things with heart. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, the, oh, my God, the book. Uh, it's such a long story. Um, um, uh, it, it, let me see. In in the, um, I was in my mid sixties, and um, I have a grandson at the time. is very young. Yeah. Um, and I'm not stupid, and I can count. Uh, and you know, and I'm figuring, you know, by the time he's really old enough to really want to talk to me, ask me any questions, and. Um, I'll be long gone. Um, and I'm talking about 20 or 30 because I found, again, because of where I am chronologically, I think to myself, man, if I was like in my 40s or, or like even 50s, I would love to be able to talk to my parents because I would have such a, a greater degree of, of understanding. And my grandparents, if I could, whoa, what a gift that would be. But time has a way and they're not around. So I really decided, and, and it was purely an act of love, um, 
I wanted to write my story uh, for my grandson. And um, I really labored over it because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still not a writer. I, I write. If anybody said I'm a writer, I'd say, no, no, I write. Don't, don't give me pressure. Um, I had a big issue with my voice. You know, if you're gonna, if you're going to write it, it wouldn't even, or if you're going to sing, or what is it? What is that? You know, what's that voice going to be? Um, and it's another hugely long story. It's in the book. Um, but I came to, I came to the understanding um, that my style, my voice, was something I call Zen Gonzo. Mm. I thought I made it up, but I, I guess I didn't. I might as well have though. Um, I've, I, I have somewhat of a Zen practice. I, I call myself, I'm Buddha's bad boy. I am a terrible practitioner. Um, and Hunter S. Thompson. Mm. Uh, a lot of young people wouldn't, won't know who he is. He was a writer for Rolling Stone, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He was a wild man. Oh, yeah. Incredible character. Um, whether he was writing fiction or, or, or nonfiction, he was always the center of the story. It was phenomenal. So I figured that was really it. I want that sensibility of, of the Buddha with that wild spontaneity of Hunter Thompson. And it's how I am. So that's my voice. That's how I decided to write my story to him. So if I was writing about, oh, a job I had, and all of a sudden Ella Fitzgerald came on, because I always have music on, I'd stop. I would try and explain wh who Ella Fitzgerald was yep anyway so that was my book and i um i i spent a year and a half writing it not like sitting in a you know in, in a cell a couple hours a day because as soon as i felt i was forcing my you know gee as soon as i got to that pause i stopped so it was just fresh 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 um and i i just i fell in love with the whole idea of writing um and i couldn't stop so I, I, I did finish the book. Yeah. Um, and then I started. I had no idea what this stuff was. I got, I got a, um, a blog. <laughs> um, a blog. What an awful name. I, you know, it's like, how do you feel? I got blog. And it's barfing and I, out ideas here. <laughs> but I started, I, so I, I started writing. Yeah. Uh, very um, spur of the moment. And uh, it was about, I don't know, eight, nine years. I got like around 400 stories. And some of them are really good. It's mind and the motorcycle. Boom. And then, uh, the I don't know, the one last piece of self-aggrandizement. Um, it seemed that um, a performance was a natural extension of my writing. Uh, and I now have, um, I have had for three years, I have a weekly news podcast. And if you just go mind in the motorcycle, you'll end up finding it anyway. It's a very interesting take on the news. <laughs> so, wow. So this idea of traveling and and in, and in you know taking the inspiration from a Hunter S. Thompson, an incredible character, out of his mind. Yes, but colorful and brilliant. Oh my God! Name some some of the challenges and the rewards to stay consistent with something like this. Um, I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. Um, I, I've always had um, an internal dialogue. Uh, mm. So I'm always in conversation with myself. I don't know if that is how other... I, you know, I've often wondered, it'd be interesting to talk to me. What do you do? What, what, do, you, what do you think about? And I'm, I'm, always, I'm always... I'm writing in my mind and not in a, 
uh, in a loop, but I'm, I'm telling stories to myself in my mind. Yeah. And um, it just, it, it seemed um, like a, a, a natural outgrowth, um, you know, flowing inside out. And um, I don't know. Uh, you know, if you're honest, you've always got shit you can talk about. Give it to me. Give it to us here. No, no, you know what I mean? No, no, it's not like you make it up. It's like I, you know, my gosh, it, you know, we, our lives are, are, they're ones of, of, of constant change. Yes. Beyond so, it changing so fast that you would get a headache if you really started to, to think about it. Um, and, and, um, so I don't know, you know, each moment is, it can be, each moment can be incredible. And I don't mean to sound, you know, like I'm, I don't be like a televangelist, you know, and um, and if you really want to feel the spirit, send your now. Now you wouldn't even send your money. It'd be like Venmo, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we're talking about, you know, I want to go back real quick on the advertising. This is just for me because I, I yeah, got to yeah. know for myself coming from the 60s. You guys were dealing face to face, straight peer relationships. Right. And here. A lot of times everyone's on the phone. If you were to step into the advertising world, if you were interested today in 2023, what would you say would be like the golden rule or the golden set of ideals that would carry you through in advertising no matter what period it is? Wow. Uh, you know, um, the, the things that... The things that have... And it doesn't matter what the field is. The things that have always worked um they have always worked for a reason um there's nothing more effective um than face to face um you know there's uh, nothing you know more effective than than storytelling um and uh i would be i would never lose sight of old school um the idea that you you you've got to be unique um, in in what it is that you do. Yeah. So I look at, I look at it now. I wouldn't want to have I wouldn't want to have a damn thing to do with it. And I I'm not a fan um, because we're losing human touch. Uh, and I'm not the first person to to say that. And actually, one of the most unbelievable things uh, that goes along with that, we are completely disconnected from nature that's huge okay so um if everybody um but once a couple of times a week could actually take a walk in the woods quiet and sit for a while by a stream um i think life would be very different but we're so far removed from that um we're terribly mechanized. Yep. Um, and we're losing soul. Um, and it's very dangerous. Uh, and I don't envy much younger people, um, like my, my grandson, who's now 14. Um, and I've told him, there's only one thing you got to be looking for, baby. Joy. You look for joy in your life because it's going to get pretty messy all around you like it is now but you know far more severe so where do you find your you've got to find happiness man um, or there's no reason to be breathing 
Would you say that's the reason why you're in Hawaii? You found your happiness out in Hawaii? Nature? Uh, you know, it's, uh, when I, the, really the big, um, in, incredible move, and for so many reasons, uh, was that move from New York to Santa Fe. Um, I really got to be out. I'm talking like the Southwest. The Southwest is some of the most spectacular country in the universe. It is phenomenal. The earth colors and the and you have mesas and it's otherworldly. Oh, yeah. It is so beautiful and sky. That's where I really kind of like. Oh, all right, I got this. I mean, I I went camping for the first time in my life. I was uh, like forty three years old. Uh, never camped before. Oh my God! I mean, I you're out in a place there is nobody for my. You don't see anybody. I mean, that was like. Whoa, there's nobody here. Holy shit. Um, and then I, I really think that um, the call to this place was very spiritual. Um, and, and obviously the beauty was, you know, is a part of it. Because I'll tell you, man, you can look around some places on this island and it's like, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, some of the most beautiful scenery you have ever seen in your life. Um but to me, even more importantly, this place is powerful. Um, I'm very respectful. Uh, I got it. And, and it's been very good to me because I've been respectful. This place has treated me like, I'm like a king, man. I'm, I'm very grateful. Speaking of respectful, it seems that you respected your hair all of these years. <laughs> Kept it safe, undercover, and moving it to different places, letting it flow, letting it ride. What are some of the annoyances that you come across with having long hair or are you just fully embraced, fully immersed with just loving it? No, let me tell you. No, let me tell you something. Long hair is a pain in the ass. All right. (laughs) I'm not talking, I'm talking like pain in the ass. And um, I'm not sure what I, I've always, I've had, my hair has never been, uh, it's back, it's never been this long before. And um, I started talking to the, the young women in, the, I, I, in a brewery, I, uh, at a, in a microbrewery uh, called Kauai Beer Company. Um, and they were right all young, it's all young people. So I started talking to the girls once again uh, yeah. about long hair. I had no idea it was such a pain in the ass. I said, gee, I how do you, you never complain. I've never heard a woman complain about long hair. It gets in your it's everywhere it's on the floor it's all over the place so i you know i've also kept a a sense of humor uh, about it i don't need very many compliments you don't have to throw me too many bones and it's like oh um then i know how to like paul so larry your hair looks really good long larry you're that's it done (laughs) so I'm, i'm committed um but it really it uh i work it man i'm i'm very nice to it I, um, I, I just took a recent trip uh, to the East Coast, and it was a bit annoying with the hair on the plane. I, thin, I, thin, I have to keep putting the rubber band in. Um, and, uh, so, and I told my hair cutter that uh, I think I'm going to cut my hair off. She got very upset. And then I told her I changed my mind. I'm keeping the hair. Or I wouldn't be here. You know, you know what I mean? We I want just, you to do that. No, no, I know. So it's a... That's a conversation for uh, another time. Is there any other place that our guys can find you at besides your website? 
Uh, do you have an Instagram or some type of social media account? Oh, I got it on Facebook. I'm a, a Facebook person. If I didn't write, <clears throat> I don't know if I have any kind of uh, presence. Um, so the only reason why I have Facebook and I have the and all of that um, is it's just for my writing. Um, okay. You know, so, um, I don't have a you know a photograph of me you know bending over and do something ridiculous. It's, it's I don't use the social media you know that way yeah but boy do i appreciate its power uh anyhow i'm oh god i'm really easy to find um you know mind and the motorcycle will get you there awesome well larry really appreciate you coming on with us uh took a few backflips and uh cartwheels but we we made it work i will tell you what man it worked out really well because you know we we had some initial conversations i'm perfectly at home doing this you've been great um it's it's been yeah it's really been a treat um you know connecting with you likewise it's been a pleasure don't forget to head over to the greatcut.us to find out how you can get involved in our world record breaking event next march link will be in the description below oh look though and i have the con you can't see it i'm you know i'm representing you know what i'm saying you know that's the way to do it that's how we <laughs> we broadcast it out is when you see our hair ties on other guys is that's, oh, that's a natural oh, no, no, natural marketing oh. man Anyhow, hey man, wonderful. I, I really enjoyed it. A blast having you on here. And don't forget, guys, remember to head over to thegreatcut.us. Find out how you can get involved in our world record hair donation event next March. Link will be in the description below. Well, until next time, keep letting it ride. See you.